Hi, this is Michael Utley, and you're listening to That's What They Said, the podcast of Binary Fountain. And uh, today I'm sitting down with Aaron Clifford, the Senior VP of Marketing for Binary Fountain. Uh, and uh, for anyone who doesn't know or isn't familiar or is listening for the first time, Binary Fountain is the leading consumer experience platform for improving operations and impacting revenue. Aaron, glad you're here today. How you doing? Hey, great to be here, Michael. Good. Well, um, we're going we're gonna to jump right in here, and uh, we're talking about something today that, to provide a little bit of context, in the, in the world of brand management, there's a category called reputation management. And within that, there are certain tactics, things like social listening. So, Aaron, today we're going to dive into social listening and how it can be a part of um, doing reputation management and uh, really makes up a centerpiece of any healthcare company's marketing strategy. And I... I know that from talking to you before that we have some fresh insights to share. Um, before we get into this, though, would you give me a little bit of background on yourself? Sure. So uh, I started out in the IT world. I was, uh, for those of the folks who are listening who remember IT in the 90s, I was actually a certified Novell engineer. And uh, so that's kicking it old school. Oh, yeah. That's... Uh, and so worked for a title and escrow software company and uh, ultimately went and Found, started a company, real estate company with my father-in-law. We bought and sold about 20 homes in about a year and a half. Hmm. Had my first kid on the way, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I want to get back to corporate life and regular income. <laughs> so uh, I went to work and had some contacts at HCA and was fortunate enough to get on an HCA in their EHC group, which was their web strategy and internet company that they were going to spin off. Uh, and then... Th- from there, just within HCA, went through a number of different projects working on the content management systems, websites, and their digital properties, and then uh, ultimately found my way in the EMR project and worked on that and rolled it out to a few divisions and uh, got a call from the director of web strategy and communications, and he offered me a job to oversee the social media and web strategy for physician services group. Uh, they had about uh, at the time, 300 websites and about 2,000 employed docs. So uh, really got into you know the impact that marketing and digital had on the physicians and on their clinics and what was happening there. And then ultimately, uh, I took over the enterprise digital uh, marketing platform and operations. So that included like 900 websites and a uh, number of social media strategies and um and digital operations so anyway did all that had a great time hc is an awesome company and uh in while there i developed the reputation management program and uh that's how i met binary fountain and ultimately went to work for binary fountain so probably more than you wanted to know for this podcast, but, uh, you know, <laughs> no, I think, I think for, uh, for a first episode of this series, that's actually really helpful. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, that's good. So you, so you came in just to just kind of back up one second, half step, you, um, discovered binary fountain as a, uh, as a company looking for a solution. And, uh, then you went to work for that vendor. Yeah. Okay. So we had about, you know, anything when you're doing something for the enterprise and you're looking at software solutions, you go through a very rigorous process of RFP. Um, you ask, we looked at probably 12 different companies. We had sent our RFP you know, questions to about eight of them and then narrowed it down and had in-persons with three of them and ultimately did a 
pilot between two vendors, one being Binary Fountain, for six months with about 20 hospitals and 20 clinics. Hmm. So it's a very rigorous kind of exercise. So in the process of that, that was in 2014. Um, and so that's how long I've known Binary Fountain. And ultimately, I wanted to go to something a little smaller. You know, I, I felt like I was ready to take on a new challenge. And uh, that's when I decided to, you know, Binary Fountain was on the short list of companies that I thought were doing some cool work yeah. and that I might be able to help. Yeah, really at the dawn of uh, reputation management when everyone realized how much um, websites were going to sort of fall to the background and social media was going to be where people experience brands. Yeah, I mean, there was an aspect of, you know, when I took over the websites for the physician clinics, there was about 300 of them and uh, we were redoing all of them. And I, I discovered that, wow, you know, there's a lot of traffic on Google My Business, sometimes more than the website. It didn't take away from the fact that I still believe that the, you know, you own your website. It's sort of like, you know, it's the house that you own the land on. Mm-hmm. A lot of these social media sites and other properties are rented land. Mm-hmm. And you have a house there. So you can control your website. It it should be the epicenter, and you should be investing in it. You should be having good content, relevant, and keeping it up to date with all the SEO requirements and everything that changes. You should be paying attention. But um, I quickly realized that there are all these other directories that were potentially having a negative impact on the brand of the physician and the clinic, mm. and you needed to have control of that. And uh, for a while... Uh, and this was in 2010, 2011, where ultimately it's like, we have to have a plan on this. And um, it, we did everything manual in the beginning, just in terms of mm-hmm. managing every all the reputation, which was why we went to an automated tool mm-hmm. uh, like Binary. So. so, yeah, so you've been you've really been living at the intersection of healthcare and digital marketing for some time. You know, quite a bit of quite a bit about our topic today. Uh, let's dive in. There were there was some research um, uh, that I wanted you to tell us a little bit about. Uh, it was surprising. It showed that people are more willing to share positive experiences than negative experiences on social media. Uh, that's surprising to me as a digital marketer, but can you tell us about, about that? Yeah, you know, from everybody has a perception that people just go online to leave reviews when they are upset. And, um, and you know, of course, that happens um, when they don't feel like an issue is resolved and at times they feel like their last resort is to go online and leave something negative about their experience. Uh, but there's also, you know, in healthcare, we've talked about in healthcare that sacred trust between the patient and the provider. Uh, there's an affection that the patients have towards their providers at times that they want to share and they want other people to know that they were helped. So if healthcare, if people were getting worse from their healthcare experience, mm. uh, I think you'd have a lot more negative reviews. But the fact remains that people are getting better. And they want to share when they're feeling better. Uh, they get some issue resolved or a loved one was cared for. They want to let people know. So I think that that probably goes into why we see a number of positive reviews in the healthcare space. Now, changes when you look at hospitals and maybe where there's not a direct relationship, you will see at times hospital ERs, for example, that get a lot of volume. The expectations are not, you know, 
sometimes the wait time expectations are set and they may not be met or understood by the patient and that causes them to, Hey, what's going on? And yeah. you know, they leave more negative feedback. So we'll see more negative feedback on ERs and, you know, sometimes urgent cares as well. Interesting. Yeah. As a father of four boys, I've, I've uh, spent my share of time in the ERs and uh, also just regular uh, schedule an appointment during the week, orthopedic, uh, clinics. Yeah. And, uh, it's all over the map in terms of, um, how managed or, um, adrift their reputations are. Um, so if this positive experience thing is, um, uh, kind of, uh, if we're seeing some willingness on the, on the part of, uh, the customer, uh, the patients to share some positive, uh, experience, it sounds like this is a huge opportunity for brands, uh, why is this important? What should what should they be thinking about and understanding from from what you're revealing to us today? Well, you know, a lot of brands uh, and customers that we work with, they're you know they come in and they they start working with us, and they're mainly concerned about the negative. And you absolutely should be concerned about the negative reviews, and you should be responding. You should be attempting to perform service recovery. Uh, at the same time, those positive reviews is that can be a shot in the arm to a staff and to a provider who's working hard and you need to share Mm. those right internally. So that helps. You need to thank the reviewer for the um, positive feedback that they gave now for, you know, so brands, you know, if they put their head in the sand and they're just like, Oh, whatever, people are going to say whatever. And we're completely fine. You know, we don't, uh, people go on fake reviews, fake news, you know, regarding, Mm -hmm reviews eh, that's they're gonna they're gonna miss some valuable to, insights to their, both to their positive and negative to their detriment for sure there was a binary fountain study that showed that 75 percent of americans say online ratings and review sites influence their decision when selecting a physician so it sounds it sounds like um you know any any sort of uh uh you know a lot of the a lot of the folks who are partners or owners owner operators of of practices and clinics and people who maybe uh, went to medical school a while back um, that they, they might miss out on this and not realize how much these trends have, have moved in the direction of uh, people being influenced. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the study that we did and the, the stat that you quoted, that was from the, our 2017 study. And um, we, you know, what we found, and there's been other studies in the industry that are right in line with this as well. And so you may, and it goes into, there was a stat that Bright Local, they put out a survey every year and it's, you know, how much do you trust reviews? And I think that's the key thing is trust. Hmm. And why do people go online and look, why is 75% saying, yeah, we trust these reviews and we look at them um, because, you know, we're, we're making a decision for ourselves or a loved one. And so we're going to go in and see what else people have said because we want to see if there's anybody similar to us that have had this uh, an experience so we can gauge what to expect. Again, it's when dealing in health, you're wanting to bring down the level of anxiety, which ultimately you have to bring. Yeah. You have to be more certain about what's going to happen and uh, feel like you're in have some sort of control over the care that you're going to receive. But uh, going back to the bright local uh, study that they do every year, they found that seventy-eight uh, percent of people trust an online review as much as they would an in-person 
recommendation. Hmm. And why that's so big in healthcare is because you've heard it. Um, and this is, goes with a lot of businesses, but healthcare is very much a referral based business and recommendation. The, you trust your friends and you want to know who did you see for your, you know, shoulder surgery? Yeah. Were you happy? How were the results? You know, and you get that in person. Well, if you go online, you're able to see that. Uh, and you were able to identify somebody like you that had similar symptoms or diagnosis and they were treated and they're better, like reliable. Yeah. I'm going to check them out. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's been my experience. You know, our typical scenario is, uh, well, I'll I'll just use a current example. Uh, Harry was out on the soccer field, uh, tried to head the ball into the goal and, uh, it got a good lick on it, but came down hard on the field and, you know, we're headed to the clinic. And, uh, first thing my wife does is, uh, check with friends, um, our, you know, friends who are RNs or, uh, other things. And, and it's purely referral now in that, in that situation, reviews might still play a part because she's trying to validate something. It's not just that it's a referral business and maybe reviews don't matter. It's that there's this continuum between personal interactions and then uh, interactions. And a lot of those personal interactions are actually happening online uh, or um, they're, they're getting picked up and continued into sort of a validation stage uh, because, you know, when, when we're pulling up maps information to drive there, uh, or to get a phone number and call, it's right there in our faces. As customers, we're we're looking at it and we're seeing it. So uh, let's shift a little bit. Social publishing, it's more than just managing reviews. Uh, what what is the what is the activity? How how does all all this fit in? Because we're talking about today social listening, but it's really part of this bigger category of reputation management at a high level for somebody who may be sort of get included into some of this for the first time. What is, what is the message that practices can put out and, and what are the things they can do to listen and understand and what do they, what do they do to bring all this together into a strategy? Yeah. So you, you've hit on a couple of items and a lot of what we've been talking about to up to this point has really fallen into a general review management that's under the banner of reputation management or customer experience management. Um, when you get into publishing and listening, um, there's nuances there. So I'll start with listening and, uh, just in terms of, you know, from our perspective and my perspective, um, what that means in terms of that particular category within reputation management. So you, you have the review management and you're listening and you're looking at those particular directories that have reviews on them. But then there's this listening because everywhere else on the internet, anybody can publish anything on a blog, things show up in the newspaper, be on um, various uh, publications. And so mm-hmm. if you're a brand, and this is where it gets really interesting in healthcare because, you know, uh, I've often said a particular, you know, um, Winter Park Orthopedics, mm-hmm. that might be a brand. Well, Dr. Chris Jones, that's also a brand. And Dr. Chris Jones may be mentioned a number mm-hmm. of times, whether it's on Twitter or in the news, potentially. Mm. Uh, and that's a brand you have to manage. But then he is also a part of Winter Park Orthopedics. So you have to manage that brand. Mm-hmm. So if there are in your, you know, the brands are, and the, the orthopedic and some of the 
and smaller offices may not be necessarily concerned that they're being mentioned all over the internet uh, as opposed to a hospital that is definitely going to be mentioned just because of the volume and the largeness and where what they serve in the community. They're probably going to be mentioned a lot more mm. uh, just on all kinds of different places on the internet. Um, but they, they may want to understand, hey, when I'm mentioned or if something comes up about me that's published somewhere, I want to be able to manage that. Uh, where we see it more is in with some of the larger hospitals that are, you know, they have, they may have, uh, be treating a particular patient or disease. There was an accident that happened. There was something that tragic that happened in their community. And there's a lot of mentions around their brand. You know, I would say social listening, probably one of the best examples, uh, is when there's a, um, oh, an event like a hurricane. And mm. it's impacting the hospital and they're wanting to know what's being said and then who also may need help and transfer from a patient experience standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be, that's a big need. So you go in and you know, social listening is definitely an art. It's not a science because you can get a lot of noise on particular terms. Huh. And uh, like, you know, somebody social listening. I want to see what cancer, you know, well, you're going to get millions of results because the the term cancer is published, you know, hundreds of thousands of times every day, Mm -hmm. but then getting more specific to your brand, it may be a particular program that you have around cancer. Anyway, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes into social listening. Yeah. So, and it's, it sounds like, uh, from what I've gathered that, there's really a cycle that needs to be in place. It's a cycle of listening and then making improvements to the patient experience and then um, having the right mechanics in place for those improvements to benefit the online reputation as naturally as it possibly can. And then to continue to listen. Uh, would you say listening is sort of a good place to start uh, or is it? No, all, I mean, I think, I think it's, uh, you know, the patient experience and more in depth sort of reviews and feedback from the patient most likely are going to occur uh, on the review sites. And so that's in the reputation management. So I think brands need to start there. And then from a listening standpoint, you know, implementing listening, particularly if you're a brand that's being mentioned a lot and you want to understand what's being said and where you're being uh, talked about. Uh, but it's not necessarily in a review or patient feedback. There is, there's going to be on Twitter, you know, I'm sitting here uh, in the waiting room and I've not talked to anybody and that might occur on Twitter. So that's a patient experience and it's, it's not necessarily a review, but it's very in the moment of time and it's very time sensitive. Whereas a review, because, you know, as time goes on, that Twitter goes out of people's feed it's out there for somebody right. to go search on, but it's out of the feed. It's not in anybody's mind. A review lives out there a lot longer on Google My Business. So and, a one star in Google My Business is a little bit different than a tweet. So you've got yeah, to have absolutely. So so listening is not just uh, on your lunch hour skimming through Twitter to try to see who's right. taking the time to hashtag or at sign your brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so there's a different there, there's a more sophisticated approach to this. I I, I know mm-hmm. where that's going. Um, okay. It sounds like sounds like none of this is uh, really simple. Uh, it, it there's got to be a way to throw an umbrella over this whole process, though. If if you're doing this at an enterprise level, what um, I, I don't want to serve this up as sort of a softball sales pitch. So I'm not I'm not just trying to say, uh, well, you know, get binary yeah, fountain. Right. But 
how, uh, but to answer the question at an enterprise level, how, what are the, what are the ways, um, someone who's a VP of marketing for a healthcare brand, you know, it's ultimately their responsibility to speak to, you know, their C-suite and their board and say, the brand's in good hands because I'm doing this. What's the, what's the first thing they're doing to get a handle on things? What I found success and just from my experience is, uh, just because I worked for a large organization and enterprises that had resources and that would devote it once business cases were made. Uh, but I had to go through it and manage it manually. And so I had a team. So we started off and my recommendation is if technology is not an option right now, go through and develop a toolkit and identify here are the sites that we're going to review and manage on a regular basis. Um, here are the terms we're going to um, be searching for and making sure that we, whether it's a Google alert, you know, here are the terms and we're going to have Google alerts on these particular phrases and terms and you know, have a uh, systematic way documented and then train those individuals who you've identified who have the responsibility in the markets um, to perform those tasks and then have a measurement in place or a follow-up with those individuals. So that's sort of what we did at HCA and Physician Services Group. We didn't have a lot of technology at, in the beginning. So we created this program called Promote My Practice. And it was, we developed a series of about 12 toolkits hmm. on how to claim listings and how to do reputation management and then um, how to track, how to respond to the reviews, how to respond to various mentions of the brand. And uh, we did a training course. So we did, a, you know, a six weeks training course for Promote My Practice, Course 100. And we would just do step by step. We'd take in 20 um, practice managers and walk them through. We would check to make sure that they had claimed their listings correctly and that they were reviewing the reviews. And that was very manual. Hmm. And so there is a way. It's just, it can get, as we found out, it quickly becomes too much. And then from an enterprise reporting standpoint, that's going to, you're going to need that. So it sounds like the state of the art has advanced. So that that's a description of sort of uh, almost a, a DIY mm -hmm. roll, roll your own, so to speak, approach. Uh, what what does a platform like Binary Fountain offer that is different than that? What what are you all doing that makes that easier? So we are we're bringing in these reviews and we're making it easy for those practice managers and marketing directors and um, social media professionals, reputation managers to. Uh, get all the reviews in one place and to respond through our platform. Also, there's close the loop functionality where you can see how many open items are there. You know, this many reviews came in. We responded to this many. And um, here were our responses. Uh, also, you know, the sophistication is in for Binary Fountain is we have natural language processors. So when I was just doing all this manually. And that's NLP. NLP. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about NLP. What is that? How does it work? Um, so I'll I'll just finish my thought real quick on that one thing. So I didn't have insights, and this is getting into what NLP is. On all of these hundreds of reviews, thousands of reviews that we are receiving across the enterprise uh, every year, um, we knew whether it was negative or positive if we just went off the star rating. But that didn't tell us enough. 
in those comments were valuable information that NLP, we needed a way to, if I read a, a large review and I looked at all the different components in that review, they may be talking about everything from parking to billing to the patient experience to um, the front desk staff to the nurses to well, what was communicated to them about their medication. It's the treasure trove of insights. So, you know, you can only get that uh, reading it. And you may, as a human, focus in on one line. Uh, Dr. Smith was amazing. Cool. Got that. And you may not. That might be the one thing that you remember and you don't remember everything else. So, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but they just said that your billing was confusing or they had a hard time parking and it took them 20 minutes and, you know, you had to wait longer. So NLP, and this is where, you know, Binary Mountain was first to market and definitely we saw it in action when we brought them on board where they took in all these reviews and applied NLP to these comments and gave us categories that made more sense and that were operational insights that ultimately helped us take action on those items uh, for improvement. Uh, so that was that's important because there's only so much that you can do um, with your limited resources. You know, we had estimated that in order to do what we could, we're getting, and not even with the NLP, is going to take us 25 employees that we would need to add to continue continue to do what we were doing for also the hospitals and everything. But we still wouldn't have gotten the insights to the comments that we, you know, we're going to get through having a system like binary fountain that had that NLP. So yeah, on that, t tell me about, I, I've got my notes here in front of me that, that we sort of got ready. We've done a little bit of research to get ready for this, but tell me about cure smart pain management. What, what happened with them? Sure. So we had uh, Brittany Cullen on recently, the VP of uh, business operations and um, for Cure Smart Pain Management. And she talked about how they're managing their online reviews and the patient experience and ultimately how they're connecting that to driving revenue. So they kicked off and they noticed a number of complaints that were occurring and uh, about dissatisfaction with the deductibles. And so the, you know, as they were getting these comments and the reviews, they started going, all right, we need to address this. We need to help the patients understand that before they come in, this is what they can expect. And um, so, you know, as a result, they were, you know, implemented this process when the patients would call in, the front desk would explain to them what they can expect. And they saw their complaints drastically reduced about that particular item. Uh, and then additionally, what I thought was really interesting, and this is where I encourage our customers and, and anybody that's not our customers here in healthcare is share your feedback. So Brittany talked about they had a physician who had consistent sort of low scores and they went with that physician and shared with them what was occurring. And uh, ultimately that physician was very open to it. He was very wow. thankful, like, hey, thanks for sharing this with me. This uh, is really great. So after the team reviewed the direct patient feedback with the physician, the doctor went from being the lowest score to the highest scoring physician. Wow. Yeah, huge. Um, they also saw in, in the webinar, you can hear about it, but big increases in terms of patient experience scores increasing, uh, the patient loyalty scores increasing, um, everything, the negative reviews went down, positive reviews went up. 
So huge success there. They've had a lot of success. They're they're growing quite a bit. So, uh, and we hear this a lot. This they are not an anomaly in this. When you start managing, you know what gets measured gets managed. When you start managing your reputation and reviews, things get better. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at looking at the notes here. Uh, patient experience increased sixty eight percent. Patient loyalty increased fifty two percent. Uh, the physician's rating increased 59%. Positive on- online reviews increased 52%. Those are, those are not sort of, um, um, re- those aren't rounding errors. Th- right. Those are yeah. significant movements. Um, w- are there some companies out there that are doing social listening and reputation management really well that, that have sort of tapped into this, um, this process of collecting uh, and uh, learning and gaining insights really well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the the one that um and we're kind of going back and forth between reputation management and social listening but social listening anybody who's flown southwest and who has made a comment and on twitter you know southwest ears are everywhere so they're doing an amazing job and that scale obviously the millions of tweets that they receive a year uh they're doing awesome at managing it you know from a reputation management standpoint i'd say that there are um you know the the groups like the airbnbs they are taking things serious. So not only when they're onboarding the new host uh, to be hosting a, uh, they're going to be you know a new host that's going to make a room or their particular house or unit available. There's significant training going on with how to manage your reputation. But then beyond that, Airbnb on top of that from an organization, I think they're doing a really good job of listening to complaints and taking action and making improvements for the um, resident experience or the the renter uh, that I think they're doing a great job as well. So, you know, really whoever, I mean, I've seen it's small communities and restaurants that are responding to reviews and they're just a mom and pop restaurant and somebody leaves a review uh, on Google, my business and they respond. And, you know, I think that that's great because they, it's showing everybody that they care. They mm-hmm. care about what's happening. They care about the experience. And so uh, I would encourage everybody just you know, next time you're looking at reviews, pay attention, see what, see how businesses are responding or not responding. And um, I think that there's a lot of lessons to be learned. You know, it, yeah. the biggest thing is empathy and do you give a rip? And if you have those two things, I think you'll do reputation management mm-hmm. well. Any, any from the world of healthcare, any good examples there? Um, you know, I think that I, I would say a lot of our customers, <laughs> I'm not going to discriminate on, on any of them, mm-hmm. but I, you know, as we see, uh, customers that are taking action and there's a lot of them out there that are proactive in terms of, uh, managing the reviews and patient experience. So there's a lot, I don't want to narrow in yeah. on just one, So it sa- but it sounds like I'm, I'm getting a little bit of a, uh, uh, I, I, tell me if I'm reading this correctly, but, um, sounds like you're seeing a lot of examples of really good listening on the part of, uh, really innovative companies like Southwest and Airbnb and maybe healthcare. Um, I, I just know from my own experience, they might be a little bit behind some of these other innovative companies. Would you say that healthcare has a lot to learn? Yeah, definitely. The, there are, um, you know, if you are on Twitter and someone's tweeting a particular, you know, they're in the ER or they're at an urgent care and they're tweeting about something that's occurring in that moment, uh, I think that it's extremely 
health systems and, and really any business, but since you asked about health, uh, they are uh, missing an opportunity to wow that customer or to turn a situation around. And so there are some lessons. <laughs> Healthcare is a small margin business. It is tough to get um, the resources needed. And so it's going to be somebody's job extra, like probably they're not going to have a someone necessarily going to, they're doing multiple jobs, but this is becoming more of a requirement uh, for a really good experience. And this is on the listening side. You know, healthcare systems are, they're doing better about their reputation management, but there is an opportunity on the social listening part to do a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. It, so- it sounds like there might be some big areas that healthcare marketers miss when it comes to having a, a social listening strategy. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, th- some of them start off with a rudimentary type of approach with Google My Business. So they'll put in their CEO's name. Yeah, I mean, Google My Business. Sorry, Google Alerts. They'll put in a CEO's name and they'll put in their, maybe their COOs and maybe a few docs that get a lot of attention and then their brand names or variants of their brand names. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not always real time. And um, and it sometimes it doesn't allow them to just respond in the platform and then get stats around it. So, yeah, well, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by uh, that that problem of uh, having blind spots. I was mentioned in an article in the Tennessean this week, and I always use my full name with mm-hmm. my middle name so that I pick up on those things with Google Alerts. And I realized that I did not get a Google Alert, and I started to kind of wonder what happened. And uh, it turned out it was because, well, it's behind a subscription wall. Mm-hmm. And so so even even when you think you've got the right hooks in place, sometimes this stuff gets yeah. more complicated. Okay, so looking at my notes here, an average American will check their phone 80 times a day and text 32 times a day. 95% of cell phone users will read a new message within five minutes of receiving it and are more likely to check and respond to phone than email. So SMS is sort of ahead of email right now. Um, so some of this, uh, you know, these numbers, um, and, and some of the things that we're just seeing change with the way everything's working, it's a really big sophisticated, uh, process to, to roll out reputation management. What uh, give, give me the kind of the pitch of binary fountain. What, what is a full service reputation management platform? How does it, uh, bring order to chaos? Well, what we're wanting to do is enable systems to uh, all of our customers to ultimately be managing the customer and consumer experience uh, from the feedback from their customers. So from soup to nuts, being able to reach out and ask the consumer or the patient, hey, how was your experience and sharing that. Um, And that's, there's various, you mentioned texting, you know, we can send them uh, request for more information and share your experience with others uh, through a mobile testimonial, uh, through looking at that feedback and reaching out to the patient to uh, make improvements. We want to enable at every step of the way throughout the journey of that patient and the consumer to ultimately uh, improve their experience, ultimately uh, driving greater revenue uh, for that business. Tremendous. Well, I don't, I don't think we can uh, add anything to that. Soup to nuts, uh, all the way through the customer journey, 
every step of the way. That's great. Uh, Aaron, this has been great. Thank you so much. Glad to uh, get to spend some time with you and uh, really appreciate you being on today. Yeah, thanks, Michael.